Welcome to the I'm Still Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Whitlow. I've been reading and studying the Bible my entire life, but I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still learning what it means. Each episode, we will take a look at what the Bible has to say and what it means to us today. This week, I'm starting a new series called No Added Ingredients. I'll be going verse by verse through the New Testament book of Colossians. So get out your Bible and follow along as I go through the first 14 verses in a study I call Bearing Fruit and Growing in Strength. Planting a church is much like planting a garden. There is a lot of time spent in preparation, such as finding a good location, establishing a layout, and preparing the soil. Then there's the planting and the watering. Then sprouts begin to appear. There is constant tending throughout the entire process. Sometimes you have to pull some weeds. Then, finally, fruit is produced. It is a lot of work, but it is a labor of love. The Apostle Paul was a prolific church planter. Once an opponent of Jesus, he now devoted his life to spreading the news about Jesus in new places. He sailed on several voyages that crossed the known world, and everywhere he found folks who received the message of the gospel, he would start a church so that they could continue to spread the gospel. The city of Colossae was one of those places the New Testament books of 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and, and Colossians were letters that he wrote to these new churches. It was all new, and it was messy. As they grew, they encountered difficulties, challenges, and growing pains, and Paul wrote letters to encourage and correct his precious church plants. He would have loved to visit his churches again in person, but at the time he wrote this letter, he had been thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. Colossians is one of Paul's letters known as the prison letters. Let's get started by reading Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, Grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, 
so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. After a few words of greeting, he began by bragging on the reputation that the church in Colossae had earned. He wasn't praising them because they smashed attendance records and built a new state-of-the-art facility. He wasn't praising them because of their learning and wisdom, and he wasn't praising them because they practiced a strictly enforced lifestyle code. No, he praised them because they had a reputation of love because of their faith in Jesus Christ. That Christian love is the hallmark of the true Christ follower, and it can only be authentically expressed through authentic faith. Jesus told his disciples to love one another. He told the religious leaders of his day to love their neighbors. He told the folks listening to his Sermon on the Mount to love their enemies. In everything, love becomes before anything else. Every expression of praise, every message of correction, every word of instruction, and every rebuke must come from a place of Christ-like love. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. You know, we use the word love so much that really it's lost its impact. We say, I love McDonald's french fries. I love my wife. I love to watch football. And I love God. But when Jesus was asked which of the Ten Commandments was the most important, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you can get this one right, you have by default kept every other commandment. That last sentence is mine, not Jesus's. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The only way for us to have that kind of love is to have faith in Jesus. Unless you have believed that Jesus paid the penalty for your sin by his death on the cross and that his resurrection signified the promise of eternal life with him at the end of our lives, and you recognize that he did this for you not because you were so awesome and deserving, but because he knew that his death and resurrection was the only way that we could be reconciled to him, you can't truly love in the way that Paul is commending the folks in Colossae for loving. This kind of love is the outward expression of an inward change. Oh, you can shout hallelujah, listen to nothing but worship music, 
put a Jesus fish on the back of your car, wear a what-would-Jesus-do bracelet on your arm, and post religious memes on Instagram. But until you have had your own personal experience with God's love and allowed it to change you, you can't love in this way. Paul recognized this kind of love in the Colossian church and commended it. After Paul commends them for their love, he lets them know that this is not a local phenomenon, but that as the gospel spreads, that love goes with it, and it is going around the world. The good news of the gospel was brought to Colossae by one of Paul's friends and fellow ministers, Epaphras. The folks there heard the news, they believed it, and they allowed it to change them. And as new believers came on board, they carried the good news to other places and told other people. And that chain of redemption was forged in that way, with people full of the love of Jesus wanting everyone to know that love. They essentially gossiped the gospel. And we are here today because of the love of the early church. They spread the good news, and generation after generation continued that spread until the message of salvation in Jesus came across the Atlantic Ocean and arrived here. And over the generations, that chain continued. I am here because my parents instilled in me that understanding and that love. Sunday school teachers taught me Bible stories and memory verses. Pastors taught me the Word and helped me learn to pray and feed on God's Word. Anytime I am able to lead someone to salvation in Jesus... That is another link on the chain of redemption, and I believe that when my time is done, the message will not die with me, but be carried on by, among many, many others, those that I have been blessed enough to have taught. Paul commends them for their genuine Christ-like love and reminds them of the chain of redemption. Then he lets them know that he is praying for them that they will continue to grow in their knowledge and wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit residing in them. You know, when a baby is born, they are 100% a human being with all the rights and privileges of any other human being. But that new baby can't do much for itself. It requires total care from others. The expectation is that as that baby grows, he will be able to do things for themselves and then be able to help others. When someone accepts Christ, they are in. Their sins are forgiven, and they are a child of God. But they need care as they grow and learn what it means to be a Christ follower and to represent Jesus to the world. The expectation is that they will be able to grow spiritually and feed themselves and be able to lead others to Christ. Each of us has a responsibility to continue to grow in our understanding of God's Word and to attain wisdom. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 8 says, The one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. Knowledge and wisdom go hand in hand, but they are two different things. The old example is that knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit and not a vegetable. Wisdom 
understands that it's not a good idea to put tomato in your fruit salad. You can have knowledge without wisdom, but you can't grow in wisdom without growing in knowledge. If you want more wisdom, ask God for it. Praying for wisdom is an automatic yes answer prayer. James, the first chapter in the fifth verse, tells us if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So, to sum up, look for the love of Jesus in your own life. If you don't see it, you can have it. Ask Jesus to change you, and then let him do his work in your life. That Christ-like love and the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit will cause you to want to share this good news with others. And you should. Gossip the gospel. Never stop learning and changing as you grow in your faith. There is always more. God can use you in new ways. Stay with the church. Figure things out together. Gain wisdom and don't be afraid to change your mind about something when you are presented with new understanding. Be sure to listen in next week as I continue this series of lessons from the book of Colossians. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the I'm Still Learning podcast. If you find this podcast interesting, won't you please share it with a friend? Also, let me know what you think. Find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Randy Whitlow. Or send an email to rbwhitlow at me.com. Until next week, I'm Randy Whitlow, and I'm still learning.